In 2004, there was a movie that came out. Actually, it wasn't a movie, it was a documentary, and it was in theaters, and then it was released on DVD. It was called Supersize Me. Maybe some of you saw it. It featured a man named Morgan Spurlock, who resolved for 30 days he was going to eat at McDonald's. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. And this was at the time when McDonald's would often ask people if they would like to supersize their value meal. So he was going to do that each time they asked him. The movie showed the unhealthy effects of fast food as he wanted to live to tell about it, but at some point thought he might even die from eating McDonald's for so long. There was a striking scene in the movie, though, that he was starting to interview a group of young children. And what he did was he had, you know, a piece of paper with a picture of some famous person on it. And he asked them, who are they? The first one that he showed was George Washington. And out of the kids he asked, only one got it right. The next picture he showed was Jesus. And none of the kids were able to identify him. In fact, one of the kids even said George Bush. And so... <laughs> So in a creative way, you know, the cinematographer goes and he looks at the picture and reveals that it was really Jesus after that kid's answer. I think that's a telltale sign, perhaps, of our culture, that this young person was not able to recognize who Jesus was from the image. But when shown an image of Wendy, the girl on the sign for Wendy's fast food, or shown an image of Ronald McDonald, that they were easily recognizable that they could identify them and how they know about them. But the Lord Jesus, they weren't able to. In essence, I think what Morgan Spurlock was doing when he held up these pictures was, who do you say these people are? Maybe you know and maybe you don't know. And that's what Jesus does with Peter today. He asks him, who do you say that I am? And Peter might have known or he might not have known. But the answer he gave, he said, you are the Christ. That means you are the anointed one. You are the Messiah. You are the one that I left my nets on the sand of the seashore in order to follow you. That you are the one that I want to be in a relationship with. That's what I think our readings are getting at today. That our God wants to be in a relationship with each and every one of us. Because Jesus is not some person who died 33 years ago. But Jesus is still alive today. That's what that empty tomb on Easter morning said. It said that this God who died on the cross rose from the dead and still is alive even today. Jesus is present whenever two or three are gathered in his name. He's present in this church, of course, when the words of scripture are read and in the Eucharist that we celebrate. He is alive and wants to be in a relationship with each and every one of us. So I think there are three movements then in our readings today that point to this. The first is that question, who do you say that I am? Are we able to identify who Jesus is for us? Maybe just now, in a few seconds, think about that question. Who do you say that Jesus is? And it's all right if you weren't able to articulate an answer. For those young kids in that movie, they didn't even know who Jesus was. And so you're well ahead of them. So in this next week, I'd encourage you to think about that. Who is Jesus for me? And to reflect on the role of the Christ, our Savior in your life. 
Jesus is our brother because he became like us in all things but sin. He was born of the Virgin Mary, so he was in the womb of Mary, sanctifying the womb, sanctifying all of us who have been in the womb as well. Jesus is our friend, the one that we can go to in our time of need and talk to. He is the one who hears our prayers. He's the giver of all that is good. He is our Redeemer and our Savior, for He died to set us free. This is who Jesus is. So in your own life, come to recognize who the Lord is for you in your own relationship with Him. The second way that Jesus wants to be in a relationship with us is He wants to be right next to us. As, Jesus, as Peter rather begins to rebuke Jesus and says, Why do you have to suffer? Why do you have to die like this? Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan. We don't want to be behind the Lord. Now, of course, at the end of the gospel, Jesus says we must pick up our cross and follow after him. But I think in our relationship with the Lord that we want him to be on either side of us, on our left or on our right, to be the one who we journey with, to be our companion. This is the God who wants to be in a relationship with us, to not be behind us, but maybe to be in front of us, so that we're looking one-on-one with the Lord in our own prayer life, to be able to recognize him in that way, to be in a relationship face-to-face, heart-to-heart with the Lord Jesus. So don't be behind the Lord, but allow him to walk with you on your journey of life. And as you walk with him, he'll lead you to everlasting life, where you'll be with him forever in the next life. And thirdly, the, the third relationship that our readings point to today is a relationship with the poor, with the marginalized. We see that in the second reading today from the letter of St. James. This is the great reading that talks about faith and works and how our faith must underlie our works. really corresponds to what Jesus says in Matthew 25, to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked. Jesus became poor for our sake. As our first reading said, he was beaten and afflicted for our offenses. So we see the Lord Jesus and his identification with the poor and with the suffering. So if we want to be in a relationship with the Lord, then we should be in a relationship with them as well. To help the refugees and those who are less fortunate all throughout the world. This is a God who wants to be in a relationship with us and he's present in those poor people And so we should serve them in our own lives. In this church, we have this image of the Christ, the crucified Christ, right there. And so he's right before us. And today, just as he asked Peter that question, who do you say that I am? From the cross now, he looks out to us. And he asks that same question, who do you say that I am? His image is held up in this church. Our readings hold up that portrait of Christ today for us to be able to identify him. But maybe we could ask the inverse of that question as well. Who do people say that we are? Would they say that we're disciples of the Lord Jesus, that we followed him all the days of our life? That's what we want people to say. On the day of our Christian burial, when people gather in the church to pray for our soul, to pray us home to God, when they look upon our image, we want them to be able to say that this was a person who loved the Lord. And so it begins by answering that simple question today, who do you say that I am? And with Peter, hopefully we can say that you are the Messiah, 
You are the Christ, our friend, our brother, and our Savior and Redeemer.